All right, y'all, we are so excited for tonight's recording. We are joined by an absolutely lovely guest and good friend, Erin, who is a senior loan officer. And she's going to be sharing all kinds of good information for us. And welcome to Vaginians. Yeah, I'm Becca. I'm Jules. <laughs> I'm Maggie. I'm Taylor. <laughs> but we've all done mortgages all together. I feel like we've... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. The what, curtain has been lifted. What you don't realize is we don't know what happened. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's 100% Seriously. accurate. We just blindly trusted you. Yeah, basically. Absolutely. Like, Aaron sent us something in DocuSign. Okay, I'm done. You're done. Cool. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> basically. So whenever I first started working with Aaron, back when I was first attempting to get a loan, and... I like fell in love with you over this phone call because we had just connected and you called me or I called you to talk about my financial information. And you were like, okay, is there anyone in your life that could co-sign on this loan? And I was like, lol, like, no, there's no one that can co-sign on this loan. I am in a relationship. And I guess theoretically down the line, we might be buying together if I can't buy on my own. Is that something you'd recommend? And you were like, Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Don't <laughs> buy with your boyfriend. And then you were like, and I'm going to be honest with you. If y'all get married, don't you buy that house together. <laughs> <laughs> don't. And then you went on to tell me the story of a traveling nurse. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> what is and wrong with It me? was a wonderful lesson that I didn't listen to what and now own home with, with my me. partner but There's so much wrong with me no it was an extremely helpful conversation and I, it, it made me trust you so much because <laughs> i'm serious because i'm not for everybody <laughs> that is the sort of that's the sort of conversation you want to have with someone and you know working with zach is a, the similar feeling where you know they're being honest with you and that's really what you need in a team and yeah, so I love that conversation and totally ignored it. <laughs> I did the opposite where I was like, just get anyone to go sign with you. <laughs> I was like, literally anyone. Who who will do it? Just get them to do it. <laughs> a coworker would be a great option. <laughs> Maybe get your boss to do it. <laughs> Great. It was a and stranger I, on Reddit. Like <laughs> I still tell people the traveling nurse story. Like they fell in love, it moved too fast. <laughs> you believe it? That really happened. Crazy. Oh That's another crazy story. See? Okay, so what fun mortgage questions said no one ever? <laughs> Dude, I can't hey, emphasize enough it. how yeah. interesting this is. Really? For the yeah, mm, this is fascinating. Makes you feel good. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> I, I should have been better prepared. No. Um. Okay. So this is. We all know what you do in this room, mm -hmm. but the people who maybe aren't in this room but are hearing this, mm -hmm. can you explain what you do? So, yeah, lying in fetal position under my desk sometimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my Very technically relatable. my job is to take a loan application from start to finish, pull income docs, credit documentation, and let someone know whether or not they are approved for a certain loan amount by the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac standards or FHA, HUD, VA, or USDA. That's my job. In reality. <laughs> so much more complicated. Um, in reality, I mean, it's CPA. Therapist. Therapist. A lot of, mm. you hit it right there, especially during COVID. Especially during COVID. And 
when people were losing their jobs, when people had been shopping for homes for six, seven, eight months and finally got that contract and then found out that they could be part of a group that's ready for termination, those were the hard ones. I even had a therapist who lost her job. But the beauty of that was that I was able to talk to people every day that were consistently losing jobs and we were finding hope. And now everyone has found a home. And I think that it actually helped the mortgage industry pivot because therapy, you know, before 2020, there was no such thing as doing online therapy, right? It wasn't a telemed appointment. You had a face-to-face book of clients and wherever you lived, that's where you worked. That was the industry standard. Now, you can do a loan for a therapist who lives in Texas, but her book of business is in California because that's where she's from. And you don't have to jump through hoops, call it a second home, because the nature of that job has now changed due mm. to COVID. So, I mean, along those lines, it's, it was really great to see the shift. And, you know, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know. COVID. Good times, bad times. Remote work and and approving loans based on remote positions Mm -hmm. is totally different. 100%. Yeah. And that your job is a lot of other things other than the basics. I was going to say probably also a little bit of a babysitter at times. Lots of babysitting, hand-holding. You know, you'll have clients that are just gunners where... They they have to have a job. They want everyday follow up, and that's fine. I get it. Like let's follow up every day. But I I love them because you can ask for an insurance deck page, and within five minutes it's there, and they'll call and follow up to make sure you've got it. But then <laughs> like when the loan is ready to go, and we're still two weeks out of closing, they're just gonna spin. I'm like, no, you're good. We're Relax. we're just gonna wait. We could close early, but the sellers can't. And that's when I have to make up tasks. Take tasks. <laughs> <laughs> so what, can you please give us some insight oh, into God. what are some fake tasks This one girl, I, lo- I love her so much, but her loan was done in seven days because she literally had everything to me the day I disclosed her. And I always have to, I always like to get a full file anyway, but she even had her insurance bound the wow. day. Oh. Wow. <laughs> right? So that two weeks was brutal. Uh, An example of the task was to ask her insurance agent to provide a replacement cost calculator. (laughs) Unfortunately, that happened in 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. Here. What's next? Another task. I relate to this person. Yeah. (laughs) Another task I had to make up was she had a large deposit from Venmo. And when I say large, it was like $800. And I asked her to document and source where it was from. Like an essay? Mm-hmm. Like I need double-spaced, mm-hmm. five yep. pages. Yep. Um, Write a letter saying this is not that. a gift that you have to return. Correct. <laughs> yeah. She finished that. And I was like, shit, what else can I give her to do? So I went through a credit report and I asked her to write me a letter of explanation as to why some of her credit cards were closed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, ask for like. Otherwise, she would just be on my ass every minute, just like (laughs) spinning and spinning and bothering. And I love her for that, but like, that was that was brutal. So funny. What what like? How many people do you think 
you get that are more like on that end of the spectrum, like really want to be a part of the process and have lots of questions versus clients that are just way more hands off. They just want you to do everything for them. Like that's funny. You bother me that. least amount as because possible. Because the loan I just closed, which is why I'm late today, is he's a gunner. He was uploading stuff to the portal. And I'm like, dude, stop doing that. That's what my processor does. I don't want you to mess up what I've got going. There's a method to my madness. Ignore it. And we were laughing today because I've got another loan with the same broker. And I said, I had to have the same conversation you and I had. I was like, do you remember? He's like, oh, yeah, when you got onto me for uploading stuff, I shouldn't be uploading. I'm like, yes. So that's, uh, we've got that guy right there. And then I've got another guy closing tomorrow. He forgot he was closing tomorrow. He, the only way I was able to get his pay stubs was to call HR with him on the phone and ask them to please set up his Paycor account online. Oh my God. <laughs> so that he could access his pay stubs. And then he forgot his username and password. Then he decided that he was going to move money from one bank to another. It just, and then I'm like, hey, what time do you want to close tomorrow? He's like, oh, shit, am I closing tomorrow? Oh, my God. <laughs> I go, yeah. And then he's like, do I have insurance? I said, yeah, remember Jeanette is doing your insurance? He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, like 11-ish. <laughs> I don't even know what happens with my face. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. I'm better. I'm, I'm better over the phone. Like when I get dumb questions, you could just see like the look of disdain on my face. It's just like... I'm also bad at hiding my facial yeah, like, expression. Why do I have a 590 credit score? Credit Karma says I got a 680. Okay, well, that's not the best either, but like, <laughs> just, like don't brag about that one. But it's because you don't pay your car payment like ever. That That'll do it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm impressed it's in the 500s at that point. It's like, well, can we get it fixed? Did you legitimately make those late payments? Well, yeah. So, no. Who do they think you are? A magician. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they think you're their mother who's going to fix everything. Lots of for mothering. Them. Yeah. There's lots of mothering. There's lots of couples counseling. There's lots of secrets to be held. <laughs> that's the tricky part. When you have your hide, you have to hide stuff from one spouse and another, oh, like God. a credit card. <gasps> oh, where it's like, do not tell my husband that I've got a twenty thousand dollar credit card. Oh, like I will not have a conversation with him directly about that card in particular. I promise you, I won't. I'm not going to call and narc you out. That's not my. That's not my job. I don't care. But. You cannot hold me responsible if he sees a copy of your credit report in the mail or on the loan and points it out. I can't remove that. So just know, if he finds out, my lips are sealed. Oh, my God. I could listen to a whole podcast of you just talking about the, like, the secret drama that goes on with so mortgage applications. much secret drama. Oh, my. What's the, like, craziest thing? That has happened between I mean, like that a already couple. felt very crazy. That's crazy, but yeah. are there like other like I need more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like the craziest one. It usually involves families, oh, like mother-in-laws, mm -hmm. and secret gifts of money that have been deposited that one mm -hmm. spouse wants to hide from the other. <gasps> mm -hmm. Uh huh. 
Yeah. And separate secret accounts that I've found because you have to trace money from account to account to account to account. So it's like a little bit of forensics. And if they're large amounts and they're continuous, you have to ask. Oh, have you found a drug dealer? Are you like, are you a drug dealer? <laughs> oh, I was going to ask if they've ever, if you've ever discovered like an affair or something. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I did. Guess did who? they still buy a house? They did. <laughs> wow. Do they still own the house? I do not. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And do you have to like hide that? Do you have to like find a way to hide it? Or did it like blow up in their face? No, I, I can't say anything. Yeah, it's not your place, but it's not my. But totally. same thing though. It's like, but if they find out because of this, that's not my problem, y'all. It's like, it's it makes it more stressful to me because I'm like Grace, don't send joint emails to these clients. You have to just send individual emails. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't even deal. Is it, is it a shady deal? <laughs> Actually, yeah, like keeping it straight among your team must be it's so, so hard. hard because you have to know who knows what. And like we had one where the wife had a trust that her husband had no idea ever existed because he never looked at the tax returns. Never. Oh my God. How do you not know your spouse has a trust? Right, but maybe she was like, she was like, I'll take care of the taxes, baby. Don't worry about because it. Because her, okay, because yeah. her family took care of the taxes. Okay, and he's normal W two guy. I would love if my spouse had a secret trust. See? <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I had <laughs> hold to out, hold out. send an all alert email. Everyone, make sure that we do not ask anyone about the trust on the joint tax returns. And their response was just like y'all's. Don't you think he knows? Nope, doesn't know. <laughs> See, a little like the part of me that like wants the drama to unfold. I would like, I like would I act like would I pretend to accidentally send an email to both of them asking about the <laughs> like I think I just might be like shit starting enough yeah, to do and then something they would like fire that. you <laughs> but it would be so worth it <laughs> well it's it's also like when you know that okay so there was this one couple and the the husband told me he was planning to, to divorce his wife as soon as they bought the house <gasps> why what i don't know i don't <laughs> i didn't ask why <laughs> <laughs> i'm more thinking fair, like fair. Is there some mortgage fraud going on? Mm. And am I culpable? Because he now just told me that this will be a homestead primary and now he's going to get a divorce as soon as he buys it. So like in my brain, I'm thinking like, how does this affect the note? How does this affect the homestead? Because now I know. Don't encumber me with your secrets. <laughs> I don't want to be encumbered by that. Like, there's stuff that you can tell me, like, hey, I've got a side hustle or I've got large deposits. You can, like, tell me the truth. I'll find out. But don't tell me shit I don't need to know. Like, right, I don't right. need to know your plans for I'll, the future. I'll wait for you to ask me the questions. <laughs> Basically, like, I don't need to know your plans. And so it was just weird going to the closing, knowing, like, what his nefarious plan was. I didn't know if he was going to, like, stick her with the mortgage. But I couldn't say anything because it's not, again, it's not my place. That shit sucks. Yeah. 
I wonder why he told you, like what his motivation People tell me so much stuff. Mm. It's it's just like as soon as you pull their credit, they're like, well, now you know. Let me just tell you all the bad shit. (laughs) And guess what else? Yeah. And then this happened. And then one time this happened. (laughs) Well, I imagine too that he's like, maybe in his mind, he's like, if maybe I should tell her in case there's like a there's like something I'm not considering or a better way to do something. Like it seems like it's like self-serving too. So my advice is, have you consulted an attorney yet? And do you have anything filed? Nope. Okay. Are you? Nope. Okay. I mean, that's, I guess, where my line of questioning has to stop because mm-hmm. I can't deny a loan because someone is preparing to divorce. Can't do that. And if they haven't filed anything, well, you got to go on. I mean, there's been people where I want to flat out say, no, but I can't. So you can't fire clients? I mean, no, I can't deny someone a loan because I don't like them. Right. And you it could put you at risk for getting sued for Correct. discrimination or something like that. Correct. There's a lot of CFPB guidelines, rules, and regulations that make sure that we're not discriminating. And so if I don't do someone's loan because they're a dick, well, there you go. I'm in trouble. It's me. Mm-hmm. I used to have a POA fee back in like 2003. So if I really didn't like a client, I would do a pissed off Aaron fee at the end. <laughs> and depending on how much they pissed me off, it would vary between like $100 and $600. That's a lot in 2003. That's so <laughs> funny. I know, right? That's so the funny. The POA fee, just slap it on there. <laughs> did anyone ever be like, what's this line item? Yeah. What did you say it was? Pissed off Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's disclosed. That's so funny. I'm going to steal this and start charging clients in my industry. Yeah, me too. For emotional distress. Yeah, I never had one of them bitch about it. They're like, yeah, you're right. I get it. Sorry about it. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it had to be pretty egregious. And they were like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's five hundred dollars. Forget this ever happened. Yeah, yeah. the The best is when like I did a loan for this like super high end professional, made a lot of money, and I asked what his name, what his email was, and it was. He's like, "Well, don't send anything to my my business email. Send it to my personal." I'm like, "Okay." What is it? He goes, "It's F U N S U N six nine. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fun son, sister nine. At, wow, sir. Wow. Fun That's son, sister nine. That was his name. We didn't call him by his real name. It was just fun son, 69 from then on out. <laughs> oh, my God. So everyone email fun son, 69. It was in 2002. So I don't know if he's still available, but, you know. <laughs> Maybe. Never know. Maybe. Makes a lot of money. Also did a loan for a guy named Easter Pants in 2005. <laughs> that was his legal name? What? We don't know. It was when you could do loans for people that didn't have money. Like wow. five ninety five go? Perfect. Zero down? Got it. No income? Sweet. <laughs> I'll make it up. How much money do you have? Not really much. Okay. I'll just say you have like 5000 Sounds good. Done. When do you want to close? Wow. That was called a Nina. No income, no income, no asset. And then you had your SIVA, your stated income, stated asset. You didn't have to, you just, funds on 69 and Easter pants. So how, 
Okay, wait. zero down. Tell me Hard more about pre-pays. Nina. How is that? A, how was that? How? That's what caused 2008. I was going to ask if that was yeah, pre-2008. Yeah, that's why the wheels fell off in yeah. 2008 because you, we had, I mean, I originated all of these loans. Brokers and investors created these loan programs where, I mean, you could go down as low as a 480, I think, which you have to work wow. real hard to have that score. Let's say you had a 520, zero down, and you don't have to verify their income. You can just put, you don't even put that they have a job. You leave that employment section completely blank. And then you leave the asset section completely blank. And they're putting zero down. Did you even have to verify their identity? Easter pants? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nope. That's insane. <laughs> okay, so you could write these Ugh, Nina loans, so and then yeah. what caused the collapse was that banks were buying up tons of these shitty, 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 shitty loans, mortgages. Mm-hmm. Well, the 2008 housing crash, there were a lot of things that contributed to it. Number one, the shady-ass loans. Arms, I don't like arm adjustable rate mortgages where you qualify someone based on the lowest payment, knowing that there's a balloon, Okay. There was also a pay option where you had this Credit Suisse is no longer in business. You have four options to pay your mortgage. You can pay it based on the fully amortizing 30-year fixed. You can base it on interest only, 30-year fixed. You can base it on a portion, a percentage of the interest only. And then you can base it on a 30-year balloon note with some sort of arm component. So you would pay almost so nothing there was leading up to the balloon. So there was only one option that would keep you from having an increased balance every month. So let's say you chose the interest only. Okay, well, the next month, your loan balance is actually going higher. This is like It's a reverse loans. amortization. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So Because you weren't paying down any of the principal in like wow. slight portions of interest. Yeah. And it just all like every month it accumulates. And when you have zero down and you're accumulating month over month, that's compounded interest in principle. Oh my well, God. and then then the appraised value starts to drop. So you not only borrowed 100 percent, but now you're upside down. Now, in Texas, we didn't have that problem because thanks to the Texas Constitution, you're required to put a minimum down payment. I think at the time it was like. Five percent now it's three, and FHA was three and a half. But there were there's a loan program called HARP. We didn't have the HARP, and I don't really know much about it. But it was it was type of refinance where you could refinance your mortgage if your appraised value exceeded the amount that you you owed. So it was for those hundred percent loans where the areas were depreciating instead of appreciating. And that was that's a type of refinance. But in Texas, you can't refinance your house unless you have at least twenty percent equity in it. Mm-hmm. So those those programs, I'm you know, I haven't heard of a bunch of them, but they do exist. And it was they were heavy in Missouri, they were heavy in California, Arizona. I know for a fact Florida. That's where Easter Pants lived. <laughs> and so so that's I mean that's another reason why the wheels fell off in 2008 it's because you have these loan balances that are accruing and you're not paying anything down mm-hmm. so you've got that reverse am so who's 
This is a dumb question. So no such thing as a dumb question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> feel free to give me the eyes. But who is the one? Is it like Fannie Mae and, and those companies that are writing the rules? Like they're the ones making mm-hmm. the rules for these shitty fucking packages that they're selling to people? Well, yes and no. So that's the day of subprime. So the subprime investors, let's say Lehman, they wouldn't sell. Well, they they would hold some of the super shitty ones, but then they would throw some of the shitty ones into the package Mm. with the other good loans that did meet the Fannie Freddie guidelines. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would sneak those bad boys in instead of holding them. Like if you if you work at a bank, you can do portfolio lending where the bank will hold and service that note and you don't have to conform to Fannie or Freddie or HUD guidelines. That's totally normal. When I worked at a bank, we would portfolio those all the time, usually for clients, existing bank clients. And Chase does that too. Chase has this program where they give you like the lowest the lowest interest rate. Ever and they they just hold them right mm-hmm. and service them. So instead of holding and servicing, they put them into the tranches of these mortgage-backed securities and then sold them as though they were grade A when they were actually super subprime and not even they didn't even meet the subprime minimum standards. Because you could buy subprime loans, you just wanted to know what you're getting. People thought they were getting like the good loans, and then they started to default. Mm-hmm. So the loans that they just they stop performing, and then you have your your rate of default and foreclosure. But banks must have known that that was happening. They, to an extent, they did. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's like who do you point when there's like so many banks and people involved? Like who do you point the finger to? It's almost impossible. Well, but. and it was pretty easy for people who had no skin in the game, zero down, just walk away. Right, and then the bank takes it and realizes that. Okay, well, this five hundred thousand dollar house is only worth two hundred fifty thousand, but we have a note out on five hundred thousand. So that happened again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And you can see how it was certain markets where it was really centered and really heavy. And again, Florida was a big one. California was a big one where you can borrow up to one hundred three percent of the value of the house. You could walk away with money. You how, could walk why? away with money. That's insane. In your pocket on a purchase money. Walk away with it. You could, could you borrow more than what the house is worth? That's crazy. Yep. yep. So not only do you put zero down, but you're walking away with some cash because you just bought a house. Wow. Some industrious individuals probably made out pretty well. I know. I was going to say you could just do that like 20 times and then just disappear. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, again why the 2008 crash is nothing like what we're experiencing now. Mm. And I mean, it. so for example, everyone knows what the 2-1 buy-down is, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so a two- Thank you for your faith in us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a 2-1 buy-down is very simple. Let's say today's start rate is 6.5%. Well, if the sellers or the builder agree to prepay the interest on a 2-1 buy-down, that means for the first year you pay your mortgage based on a mortgage rate of 4.5%. That's the two. And then year two, I mean, that's the the two. Then the next year, it goes up one point at 5.5%. Year three, you're fully funded at 6.5%. So let's say, if you think of it like this, they're just prepaying 
the mortgage interest on your behalf prior to when it's due. So you'll have a monthly subsidy. That's all that it is. So let's say the difference between 6.5% and 4.5% is $300 a month. Annualize that, and then you annualize the difference between 6.5% and 5.5%, add them together, and that is your funding, the funding disbursement account that the sellers are paying on your behalf. And it's awesome because instead of reducing the sales price by 15 grand or 10 grand, if you have the sellers give you a seller concession of 10 or 15 grand, you're looking at a savings of like $10,000 over the course of two years, as opposed to reducing the price, which will save you about $50 a month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I digress. So the difference between now and 2008 is we qualify and disclose based off of the higher fully funded interest rate at six and a half percent. So if you can't, if you can't afford the loan at six and a half percent from a DTI standpoint, a debt to income Mm -hmm. standpoint, then you don't get the loan. And so it's opposite to where in 2008, you'd qualify them on the lowest payment that they would be making or the interest only payment that they would be making, not the fully amortized loan. Mm -hmm. And so, and this one is not an arm because it's due and payable in 30 years. It's just, you're using that prepaid interest from the seller or builder's behalf to reduce that monthly obligation. So can you summarize for us what that means for home buyers in this climate? I mean, it's gold. It's so awesome. At first I was annoyed with it <laughs> because I was like, this seems like a scam. It seems like two one buy down. That's just stupid marketing. But when I actually sat down and did the math and figured it out, I'm like, maybe they're on to something. And I just hadn't done it before. Mm -hmm. So what it means right now for buyers is that they can get into the house at, you know, interest rates that would have been that would have been like what we would have gotten last year, four and a half percent. But they're going to get a house with a much lower sales price and seller concessions. And they're not going to have to waive all their rights Mm -hmm. and they're not going to have to waive, you know, the appraisal option and yeah you're not going to have to promise a pony buy a car Mm -hmm. (laughs) write a love letter about how great the house is and provide (laughs) pictures like it seems like it's going to it's a more equitable transaction and instead of going 17 percent over list you're i'm seeing an average of five percent below list plus seller concessions so we we utilize that money and you can do a hybrid two one buy down which is temporary right four and a half five and a half and then you can do a permanent buy down. So your fully funded rate, instead of starting at six and a half, you can start it at like six and an eighth. Looky there. So that's a fun way. Mm. I like that. That's a juicy savings. I have a question <laughs> that's related Love to that. this. Someone in my life once said the words, you should marry the price of your home and date your mortgage rate. Oh, that's so stupid. Is- Right. Marry the home, date the rate. I've I've seen it on Instagram for sure. Okay. Is that what, I mean, is that accurate? Is that true? Is that something people should listen to? Well, because I feel like what you're saying right now about this 2-1 buy down Mm -hmm. thing kind of makes me feel like there's something to that. There is something to it. And that's what they're saying. They're just dumbing it down and making it cute for TikTok. Right. Date the rate, marry the home. (laughs) Well, always refinance. And that's true. What, What they're just trying to convey is like, now is the time to get into a house not saying to ignore the interest rates, but don't let that dictate your investment. Mm-hmm. Don't let that dictate whether or not you become, 
you stay a renter or you become a homeowner. Interest rates, we're in a higher interest rate environment. Everybody knows that, but it's cyclical. They're going to come down. So the date, the rate, marry the home is just saying, don't let the interest rates scare you and prevent you from becoming a homeowner because down the line, whether it be a year or a year and a half, when interest rates fall, you can refinance your house and there might be a, a place, you know, you might not be able to afford the house to, that you want today in two years. So mm-hmm. don't wait is well, kind of what I, I gather. Absolutely. And on the other end of that, if rates didn't go down, they continue going up. Aren't you glad you bought a home now when it was more affordable than absolutely. Like potentially when the interest rates are even higher and right. there would be no way you could afford right. it? So either way, it's like a win-win. Correct. I mean, and especially in Austin, I mean, the property values in Austin were such a weird country in Austin because the property values are not decreasing. It's people paying realistic sales prices now. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is getting the sellers, like people that are selling their house, they, they want what their neighbor did. Mm-hmm. Well, their neighbor sold their house for 200000 over ask. Well, that's not the environment that we're in. So it's just setting realistic expectations for both your seller and your buyer. And I'm not saying it's a buyer's market. I'm just, there's a more equitable transaction. Mm -hmm. And it's not just suck my dick or leave. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Suck my dick and pay me for it. Right. (laughs) And you're welcome. I want like, (laughs) that just makes me think like a, like a, like a seller's market is like the asshole boss that like. Yeah hits on you and you can't do anything about it yep. and the buyer's market is like take it. power to the people yeah <laughs> own it own it, it reminds right? me of that was it instagram that it was like is this apple even worth that yes. <laughs> <laughs> is it even worth it i don't know i don't know <laughs> but i mean I, I can tell you right now i feel like the loans that are coming in have just been a little trickier as of late because it's People are so scared of having that 2008 repeat the underlying, like underwriting guidelines are just, they're, they're stringent. You've got buyers who couldn't qualify a year ago are now buying houses because the price is right. Those are tricky loans. It just seems like I'm, you know, I was talking to some of my banker buddies and we're just like, man, it's like retrograde every day. Where's Mercury? Like it's <laughs> just a struggle. And the weirdest things just kind of happen. But, I mean, thankfully, contracts are still coming in. Prequals are still going out. So that's the sign of a really healthy market and that I can continue to feed my children. (laughs) (laughs) I think that goes into one of the questions that someone wrote on our spreadsheet, which was like, if you're talking about all these really difficult loans and challenging new fun aspects are coming out, What's the perfect loan that comes across your desk that just makes your day? Oh, I love those. But I also get bored of them because they're not interesting and I lose interest real quick. What is it like? You qualified for an $800,000 loan. You're buying a $400,000 house and you have one W-2. Is it like I've already found a house. (laughs) It's 1.8. Okay, great. I'm like, oh, jumbo territory. We're going to have to dig into the numbers. I can't use RSUs. But we're probably going to put about 60% down. I'm like, all right, conforming. Cool. Let me guess. You're self-employed. You've got like 10 S-corps. We're W-2. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do we have credit issues? No. 
pulled credit in like 8.09. Yay, you're, yeah, when you want to close. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing dramatic and I don't look like a hero with those. This, this sounds like the opposite of mine and Zach's file. <laughs> I mean, I love them. They're so easy. But and then it but it's just like not boring. You need you need the easy ones to get you through. But like it's the challenging ones where you really have to put your back into it. <laughs> and it's just like how many different ways can we squeeze this into the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac circle <laughs> of approvability without going to jail? <laughs> so you get off on the rush the excitement i think so <laughs> living in the gray area yeah. like, like the bowersock trust trick who would have thought <laughs> i was texting with my financial advisor about it and he was like wait you're gonna create a trust and then use it as income i'm like yeah i'm gonna re- i'm gonna create a revocable living trust because i found a loophole in fanny he's like okay well i'm like I just downloaded it from LegalZoom. So I'm just going to tell my client to transfer $363,000 from his existing checking or savings into his revocable living trust. And now I can notarize it, right? It's simple. Take it to the bank, open up an account, and then set up a disbursement for six months for the amount of income I need. And he he just sent, like, I have the screenshot. He's like, I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. Because I was like, it just seems so easy. Why doesn't everyone do it? Well, you have to have $360,000 in a bank account to send to the revocable trust. Yeah. Or (laughs) even if you need like an additional $150 a month, you take that. uh, I just need 36 months. So whatever I need, I multiply by 36 because you have to have a proof of continuance for 36 months. Mm -hmm. I can take that and I can use it as income. You got to do the trust. And it's like a weird, awkward conversation at first when I have to be like, I know this sounds weird. <laughs> Come with me on a journey. <laughs> yeah. But you have been denied by three other lenders and we are a past option. So you really just have me now. <laughs> you really have no choice but to trust what I'm about to say. Go to LegalZoom.com. It'll be free. <laughs> oh, my God. That's brilliant, though. I love yeah, it. I'm very. I wish I had done that. There's no like, there's no tax implications, and every time I do it, I always get a little message like, "We kind of like this trust. It's a good way for us to save money." I'm like, "You're welcome." <laughs> yeah, Fanny doesn't. Freddie doesn't like it, but Fanny does. <laughs> so those are the interesting ones. The the ones like the single mom or the single parent. The people that have been denied over and over and over again, who are actually trying to hustle and who are actively working on their credit and who are taking your advice and direction and game plan. Those ones are the ones that like we have just so much heart and we will just I mean, honestly, we'll go to bat for every single loan, no matter what. Grace and I don't have any other love language than just loans. (laughs) Like live laugh loan. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that might be the best. Thing that I've one, ever or like, <laughs> give me a loan or leave me alone. You've got all. You've the been workshopping. Yeah, you, yeah, you've been working on these. <laughs> we put the hoe in home mortgage. <laughs> oh my god! I said I put the homo in homeowner. 
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> Haven't. That's a good one, too. I like that one. Okay, something you said I do want to dig into, though, and that is people in your industry at your level. And I know it's okay. You have been such a valuable resource to some of us who have, like, really complicated files. Mm-hmm. And I just want to talk about, like, the volume of loans that have crossed your desk in your career compared to a normal or typical mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. So I think it's dramatically more yeah, it's crazy. experience. It's crazy. So, like, how many files does a typical mortgage broker at a bank do in a year? I don't know year. So I know monthly. It's typically typically going to be between two or a lot of the times you'll have loan officer that will have a consecutive goose egg, which means that you have zero loans for like the first three months. And then you'll do three loans in a month. And then you'll have a month where you do another goose egg, no loans. Then you'll have one or two the next month. So volume wise, I think my best year, I, I closed 150 million in a year. The most loans I've ever done in a month, Grace and I did, and I didn't do it by myself. I say us. Grace deserves just as much, if not more credit. And Janie, my amazing processor, we did 64 Good a month. God. And I think the average is probably two to five, maybe, on a normal loan officer. That is crazy. So what get... But like this month, I'm only doing 12. Right. Which so is still more than it's only six times the average. <laughs> so how how? I don't how know. Do you do it? I don't know. I just accidentally I don't know. I I give a lot of credit to Chris Sackett, mm. who I met in two thousand and nine, I think. And I met him so randomly. My husband at the time was looking to take guitar lessons. So he found this guy on what was it, Craigslist. And this guy, Aaron Demby, was buying a home and his current lender couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, I like to do hard things. Like, I can do it. (laughs) And Chris called me. He's like, hey, Aaron said you're going to try to do his loan. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Aaron. He's like, well, let's just cut to the chase. I was like, (laughs) yes, sir. He's like, I've got a lot riding on this. This is a new listing agent. And how long have you been doing this? I'm like, about four or five years, maybe six. But I was his assistant. I was I was an assistant to loan officers like during the heyday and the lending tree days. But I got to mess up all of their loans. I think that's why I kind of figured it out because like, you know, they would come in or they wouldn't come in. They would just call me and be like, hey, can you get my L tree leads? So I was an assistant to 16 LOs that, you know, were DJing at night or they weren't you didn't even have to be licensed at the time oh my god right so just a bunch of djs tons of djs (laughs) tons tons of insurance agents there were two strippers restaurant servers the pizza delivery guy really honestly the pizza delivery guy and so i took my job so seriously that as an assistant i was like i need to be licensed (laughs) like what dork gets licensed for no reason this gal. And so I got my license and I would just like fuck up their loans. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. They're like, who are you doing the second loan with? I'm like, what's the second loan? <laughs> like, and then I, I remember one title company called me and they said, how do you want this vested? And I'm like, I just, 
panicked. I don't know what that means. And I said, you choose. (laughs) 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 And then then I gave it a Google, but like, I panicked. So I got to fuck up a bunch of loans and I got to fix a bunch of mistakes and make a bunch of mistakes without repercussion because they weren't there to to fix it. And so I was just on my own. I think that's that's why I got to this level. But I don't know. Chris Sackett made made me very scared to fuck up. <laughs> so I had to drive around to this guy's he he just got paid with a check. And I remember I had to verify his income and the only way to do it was to drive to everyone's house who had written him a check in the past two months to confirm oh my God. that he was actively employed. So I did that. I drove around, got these checks. And I remember my loan officer was like, I don't know why you're spending so much time on this. I'm like, guy deserves a house. Also, this buyer's agent's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I have made promises that I don't know if I can keep. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's not one to fuck around. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and do the things that need to be done to make sure that we get this closed. So we closed it and I went to the closing and from then on out, Sackett was just like my ride or die. And he saw me through some like really shitty times. You know, he was with me every step of the way and he was steady sending me deals. And so I think that there was a point where, I mean, he was my only, only realtor. So had he stopped doing that, I probably would have just gotten out of the business. But yeah, that's how I got started. Crazy. Scared of Chris Sackett. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. After that, it was just like through y'all, people like like friends referring me to friends, referring me to friends. So now I'm here on a vagina podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you truly it. made it. <laughs> I have now. <laughs> so what do we think? Some of our many of our avid vagina fans. <laughs> Uh, what do we think that they would be interested in hearing? Maybe like for anyone that's listening that is trying to purchase a home, doesn't know anything about home buying, what is kind of like basic level, like this is what you should do to prepare to buy a home? It's more like what you should not do. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Do not Google. Do not pay off all of your credit. Pay it down. Don't pay it off. Do not commingle your funds with anybody else. Do not run up credit cards right before you have your credit pulled. Do not consult with a real estate agent unless you know that you're ready or unless you already have financing. The reason I say that is because agents that are not very good will show people houses before they've even been pre-qualified. And then you're encumbered with this huge like mountain of expectations to make happen when this person was never pre-qualified. So it's up to the agents to get an unqualified buyer to say, look, you need to go here and let's get your credit pulled. Let's see, before I show you houses, let's look at this. Or if someone comes to me without an agent, I'm like, okay, let's, before you start getting on Zillow, let's get a game plan. Even if you're not ready for a year or if you're ready tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Like the most important thing is just talk to your lender and don't get on Google. Don't close your credit cards account. Don't not get credit. What is that guy? Dave Ramsey. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Only poor people <laughs> listen to him. He was that other girl. 
Orman. Only poor Susie people Orman. listen to her, too. Who is this? Susie These Orman. Financial people that tell you how to do things. Is that the guy that's like, pay off your lower credit cards no, first? No, he wants you to have no, no. Pay yourself first and don't get credit. Yeah. And the whole okay. Baby Steps book that just is shame, shame, shame. Everything's your fault. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah, systemic I I issues. To like the first you. chapter of that, and I was like, "Fuck this guy!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Rude. He's like shouting at you yeah. if you start his bit. He yells at people on his radio show. He sucks. Does he so know bad. anything? Not that I've concluded. How to exploit other people yeah. who don't have a lot of money in so, order to make him yeah. so fucking filthy? He knows how rich. to market himself. Why do you think I say poor people? Pay money to people like that. Mm-hmm. Don't fall into those scams. I mean, it's predatory. It's like zero down loan, T shack, DPA, down payment assistance. It's so predatory. Those are for poor people so that you can take advantage of people that are ethnically, uh, racially, g- uh, gender. It's all biased and it's all predatory. And the people that fall victim to that are typically uh, low, lower income single mothers and women of color, people of color. I mean, there's a huge disparity and it's a class, it's a race, it's a gender issue. And it's it's just part of the problem. And you perpetuate that when you put them into these loans that they can't afford to pay back. And they're high interest and they're silent seconds with all of these terms that these people don't understand because they don't have an advocate. They don't know that if they sell or refinance their house for any reason within nine years, they'll have to pay back any money loaned to them. It's not a grant. It's retroactive interest. And it's tacked on to the loan. It's called a silent second. And you forget about it because you don't make payments on it until you find out that you cannot move. If you get a job change, you can't move to sell your house without paying those huge, gigantic penalties. Wow. It should be illegal. That's my opinion. I've Should never heard it. of the silent second thing Me before. Me neither. Mm-hmm. It's down payment assistance. Wow. Zero down. Those are the zero down loans. It's not a Texas grant program like TSHAC, Texas State Affordable Housing. It sounds like a like a fun state-funded thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to help. No, that's a for-profit company. Yeah, it's, oh it's my God. not for people that are in need. It's not for low to moderate income in the state. It is a company. That it's profits. Like those, um, this is crazy. Get money fast now. It's worse than Places, a payday right? loan. Why payday is that allowed? Loans. It's worse than a payday loan. Because, I mean, if if lenders like me push DPA, if we keep pushing it, if we keep talking about zero down, get in with zero down, they're able to stay around. Yeah. When you ask me if I have ever said no to a loan, I have. I've said no to loans where I know for a fact that they qualify on paper, but I know that they're going to default because either they they don't have the budget, their spending habits, their debt to income is very, very marginal, Mm -hmm. and they have no savings. I'm not going to set people up for failure. Mm -hmm. So I've turned down three people that I know of that have since defaulted and gone into Mm -hmm. foreclosure. I mean, setting people up for failure. No, Not many lenders are going to say no if they can make money off of a loan. But that's not how I choose to run my business, and that's not what I want to be known for. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's again, it's it's predatory. And is there any any lender accountability when that happens? No. Uh-uh. Why? Why yeah. would there be? Can't get in trouble for doing a zero down yeah, loan. Yeah, it's not 
her fault they didn't pay it technically yeah, totally <laughs> but i can see how like uh, the way the business is set up where you know obviously not everyone has high as like ethical standards yeah. as you do but like People are going to take advantage of a system where there's no accountability. Correct. Like, that is just a fact. And the people that pay are the ones that can afford it the least. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. It is so fucking expensive to be poor. 100%. Think about it. Credit. Car payment. My nanny's car payment. The interest rate on her car was 24%. What? That's insane. Well, because she's brown. She She has a 640 credit. Mine is like 3%. Yeah, mine's 1.98. But look at us. That's buying a car on a credit card, an expensive credit card. But we know enough. Oh, my God. See what I mean? That is absolutely There's no advocate for her. And because she bought it from a man who speaks Spanish, an Hispanic man, she thought he had her back. Mm -hmm. Nope. So I got rid of that car. (laughs) (laughs) I got rid of that car. And I got her another car, and she's got two percent. And it it it's it's such a different experience for her to see me walk into the dealership mm-hmm. as opposed to her walk into the dealership. And there's no difference in us. That is so fucked up. I hate it, which is why I don't stand for it. I'll just buy people cars and fucking houses. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tolerate it. I feel like companies could be sued for that because that's why? like clear she discrimination. She signed the documents and she. She signed the documents. She agreed to it. She just didn't know. It's like Julie said. Yeah. Poor people have it the worst. Well, and they it's, have no so way to sue. And, and there's no ramification. They can't. There's no way to sue or to like. You can't get out because the, the day you drive off the lot with a 24 percent fucking note rate on your car, you're already like three thousand dollars upside down. Mm. And mm. you just keep accruing that. So right. You can't afford to get out of it. Well, if you're thinking about like. A single mom trying to get the kids to school, trying to get to her probably multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have time to go and figure out what is even normal. She's just like, I, I need a car yeah. to get to my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This seems to normal. get my kids to school. Yeah, this guy wouldn't take advantage of yeah, me. I don't have time to research credit loan rates right or, now. Or, like, or to even know that there is public information online about that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. we're talking about people who are exhausted. Yeah. Ugh. Don't have the money or the time. Also, Aaron, I just want you to be my advocate for all financial matters totally for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I would love real. to do that. I've got, I, I mean, I've got a spite store opened up. And I, <laughs> I've opened up a spite store. I have one for Fannie Mae right now for student loan forgiveness. I don't know what oh. that means, but I'd like to be involved. Okay, drink, I'll get you involved. It's welcome to my store. <laughs> welcome to my store. You remember when? COVID first hit and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all the student loan companies, Sally Mae, went into this forbearance mm-hmm. thing with your student loans. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of student loans, just like everybody else in the world. And I log in and I try to pay my student loan. And they're like, well, you're in forbearance. I'm like, Sorry, what does forbearance mean? Forbearance is where you... Let's say you have a student loan and your monthly payment's 200 bucks. Well, if you're in forbearance, that means that they're going to pause your payment. So you don't have to make a payment for a set period of time so that they give you some breathing room, right? That's that's their message is we're going to take care of you. 
we understand that times are tough. People mm-hmm. are being laid off. We want to help you with your monthly with your monthly debt. So what we're going to do for you is we're not going to report you for not making more uh, your student loan payments. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like we're going to give you two years off to mm-hmm. gather yourself, get your it. shit together, and it's just a forbearance. Just take it. Okay. Are you paying interest on that? You are. You are paying interest on it. You're and paying it's going up and up. Compounded and up. interest. That's mm-hmm. fucked up. Is that a favorite? That is some sneaky Is that a fucking favorite? Shit. Right? Right? Oh, that's so, fucked up. Take it further. I tried to make my payment online per the usual $488 US. Okay. And it's like, click here. Normal. Click in. And it sends me to this other page. Your load is in forbearance. I didn't give you permission. I didn't give you fucking permission to put my student loan packages in forbearance. No one asked me. No one gave me a heads up. I didn't ask you. I'm going to pay my mortgage. I'm going to pay my student loan like I normally do. Thank you. We're done. So I had to call and I'm like, I don't want to be in forbearance. Well, you are. Yes, I realize that. (laughs) I don't want to be. I'm like, okay. So what if I don't want to be? but you already are. Okay. Can I talk to the manager? <laughs> and then I just hang up and I press dos para espanol because those people who pick up the phone and speak Spanish, they're also bilingual and they're a kinder person. That is the trick. <laughs> press two for Spanish. That's what I did during the storm. I know some bilingual assholes just throw that out there. There are some, but <laughs> that's I what I did during the storm. <laughs> it cuts the wait time in half. Really? <laughs> yes. And so I finally got to hot someone tips. normal. That is an extremely hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got to someone normal. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be in forbearance. And she said, well, you have to be. And I said, well, how do I get out of it? And she said, well, you can either pay it in full or you're going to remain in forbearance until it's lifted. That's bullshit. And then I was doing the math. I'm like, y'all are going to make like an extra $3,000 if this goes on for two years, like I want to make my payments. And she said, here's a secret. If you want to make your payments, you can go down the list. And you know how they're grouped in categories, A, B, mm-hmm. C, D, E. You pay them individually. Se- you have to pay them separately on different days, right? In order for them to be reconciled. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to give you my debit card because I'm going to pay these off right now. <laughs> And I did like a fucking boss. Nice. Fuck Sally Mae. Yeah, I didn't have the money for it, criminal. but I had to. I had to out of spite. I had taken it so far. <laughs> I had to out of spite. <laughs> I couldn't backtrack on the things that I had said. So I was kind of in a place where I'd put myself. I'm like, well, this is where I've gotten, and it's my fault. But I'm still gonna put this in my spite store, and I'm pissed. And that's what I did. I paid it off in full. It was like $10,000 or something like that. And it felt good to pay it in full, but it also felt dirty because it's like, you forced me to do this. I was forced to do it. Also, there's not many people that can pay their student loans Mm -hmm. off. Attorneys and doctors, engineers who are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt don't have that opportunity to put like, here's $300,000. Fuck you. And and if they're making an extra three thousand yep. dollars on two years of forbearance on your ten thousand dollar loan, oh, yeah. think about it. How much goddamn money think are they it. making off of those hundred thousand dollars? So loans? the loan balance has actually increased. Yeah, like That's everyone so who didn't, criminal. Who didn't pay and the loans or had that increased incrementally has bigger loans now. Mm-hmm. 
per group. So it's not something that you would actually see. It's like a 401k. They take it off the top. You don't really see it or feel it. And that's what Fannie, that's what these these loan companies did. They would do groups and add the interest incrementally at different times during the month. Criminal. So they can make more money. It's a for profit. But then they turn around and they act like, well, you should have known. It's your responsibility as an individual to learn to read your contracts and learn all the rules. And it's like, you know what you're doing. You're making it so complicated. It gets my ear. Is my ear red? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But even it, smart I, It's people, taking me back to sitting on my sofa oh and my just God. having this this anger where it's like, I don't want to be in forbearance. I want to pay you the 400 fucking dollars I've been paying you for the last 20 fucking years. Like. Don't change this shit up on me and then tell me I can't pay you. Fuck with me. That's that. Like that should be criminal. Like, yeah. Where, where in the original contract did it say they can force you into forbearance? Oh, I'm sure it's it's buried in automatically. Everybody was automatically, and if you had an auto payment for your student loans, because this is why when I when I pull people's credit and I call them for the prequal, I go over every trade line and I know it probably takes too much time, but I want to make sure it's all right. I'm like, okay. So your student loans for in forbearance, what's the normal monthly payment? They're like, no, it's on auto draft. I pay like 500 bucks a month. I'm like, you don't? And they're like, Aaron, I do. I'm like, okay, have you actually logged in to the account to make sure that they're actually withdrawing the funds? Well, no, but I'm like, just do it right now while we're on the phone. And then every single time, every single time, and I hate to say it, usually I love to say I was right. I hate to say it, but every single time I was right. They stopped the automatic withdrawal, the payments. That's so fucking criminal. And didn't tell them. That's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it makes me just like light the whole place on fire. Like, welcome to my spite store. I've got a lot of things. I'm fully in the spite store. <laughs> okay, I'm so. shopping. I'm spending all my money in the spite store. <laughs> so spite store is like spank bank for things you're spiteful about. Yeah. Think, correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I got it immediately. I was like, I also got a spite store. I'm across yeah. the street from you. Like, Sprint. I get it. Sprint is also part of my spite store. It's got a large portion and Nestle water. And now the st- and student. <laughs> 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 and the girl at Tiny Boxwoods, who was very rude to me. Oh, I love no. Tiny Boxwoods, though. Their cookies are so good. She was very rude to me. And now she's in the store. Oh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's and fair. it takes a lot. That's fair. To get into the store. We're very exclusive. She's there. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, everyone's in my yeah, spice store. <laughs> I've got a list in my head right now. I'm like, this guy's in my spice store. Yeah. See, it's like, <laughs> add up all the people. The motherfucker today at Provident. Oh, he's never leaving. <laughs> I'm even putting his kids and wife in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I just like, I can just imagine how hard the guy that came up with this idea got they had he to was like, man. y'all this is what we're gonna do we're gonna pause mm-hmm. everyone's loans it's yep. gonna look like we're the heroes yep. they don't have to pay us we're gonna make but so we're much gonna add money. in interest on all the different sections yeah. of their loan it's and it's win. gonna compound yeah. we're gonna make fucking trillions watch like it. you just know how hard he was in the boardroom talking oh, about dicks. this all the dicks were hard all the dicks were hard <laughs> all those tiny little dingles yep. were just hanging out dingling and hard yep <laughs> I mean, you've got to get it out there. And I think it's like the more that we talk about finance and the more that we talk about things that that matter. I mean, like finance and marriage and like the uncomfortable things and assets and shit that we weren't taught to talk about, like to keep hush hush. Here's an example. My best friend 
found out that the dude she's been working with for five years, that is actually her junior, is making more. Made 15% more because uh. he negotiated his salary. Uh. And when she went to the higher ups, they reprimanded him for sharing of course. his salary information with her because they were forced to pay her equally. She should make more. He That's is her junior. Correct. Bullshit. Correct. So, gap. Oh, your ear's getting all red. Yep. I got it. <laughs> that is such fucking bullshit. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So, there's, again, this gender and racial inequality and disparity is just seems to be growing. And it, how do you fix that? I mean, talking about it. Mm raising awareness but it has to go higher than that there has to be some legislation there has to be change from the top fun so fun i have a question this is not related to anything is it customary for los to for loan officers to come to closings they don't have to i just go because i don't want the escrow officer shit talking me well, <laughs> I, I, I say that That's because uh, um, whenever we closed on our house last year, Grace came mm -hmm. and I felt so loved. Oh, yay. <laughs> and it was just such a wonderful experience that because makes me happy. And of course, like a rep from grassroots came. Yeah. And I have I, I couldn't have designed a better closing yay. experience. My title officer person was a woman and the other two ladies were ladies. Yes. And. The whole time, and and I told Grace how much I loved it, but it's reiterating. That makes me happy. The whole time, like they would open, they would flip a page, and like either Grace or Lauren from Grassroots mm -hmm. would put their hand down and be like, "Okay, so what this form actually means? Yeah, is da 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 da. Um, do you have any questions? Actually, you know, what? I'm gonna answer something you're probably thinking. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it was like the most it's very Grace. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like the best experience, and Good. I was wondering if that's happy. like if if that's you, no. usually how it works most people don't go and during covid we weren't allowed to go mm. and that drove me crazy because like these are my babies and they're gonna fly on their own <laughs> and i'm not gonna be there to catch them if they fall out of the nest who's gonna help them what if they need what if they've got questions like are we there yet no i need to babysit this like these are my babies if Grace can't go, I got to go. And so I remember the title company was like, we're going to do a drive through closing. I'm like, the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't wrong. It's where she would, with gloves and a mask, you pull into the garage and you hand documents to your buyer. And like the agent was facing the car of the buyers. And I'm in like parked next to them with my window it's like open. A big deal is going with down. my window open and my mask on <laughs> there was no heroin there was just a loan a mortgage and they're like showing me this document I'm like mineral rights you don't have them just sign it that's good that's good that's good you got to sign that one and i'm like it's like squatters okay that just means that the title company hasn't confirmed that you don't have squatters right now in your house you you're good to sign that one but I was just thinking, like, in what world 
are we pulling in a covered garage? <laughs> and like, if the realtor had a question, she would just like blink, turn her headlights on. Oh my God. <laughs> That's insane. That's when I realized like, this is a shit show and I don't need to be here. They can just call me because that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. So then I got used to not going. And then when it kind of opened back up, they're like, are you going to be there? I'm like, am I allowed? I kind of don't want to now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better on the phone. <laughs> but it, I've been going back now. It just, it's, I got real comfy just sitting at my desk. I'm probably the only person you know that ran out of toner in a pandemic. Okay, yay. All right, we're closing it up. We're closing up shop. That's what she said. We're closing up shop. I wish mine would close sometimes. Crossing our legs uh, on this night. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. More than anything, thank you, Erin, for sharing the bounty of wisdom that you've given us tonight. It's bountiful. It's bountiful. We are all so grateful to have you here and in our lives. And may everyone be so lucky as to find an advocate like this in their corner at some point in their life. Everyone should have an Aaron on their side. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Condolences. Check in with our Instagram, Vaginance Podcast. Go to our website, vaginance.com. Leave us a little voice message. If you want to send some love to anyone, if you want to tell Aaron how great this was, send us a little voice message and we can play it for her and then for us on our next podcast. Just another reason for me to just, like, hate the day. I'm like, I didn't even finish my vagina quiz. (laughs) I love your wild misunderstanding of our expectations. (laughs) We're just set the bar low, ladies. (laughs) 